Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. Alright guys, I actually have my own guest. You might have heard of him. I call him E-Thing. Come on up, Ethan. That's horrible. <laughs> I like E-Thing. Oh my goodness. It's kind of like the airborne pet, E-Thing. Come on. Right. I feel disrespected. Okay, I'm sorry, buddy. I get hurt. So, um, we got the stools out, and you guys know what that means. Uh-oh. Interview. Yeah. So, um, a lot of you guys, you know Ethan now, but you don't know where he was a few years ago. And a major a transformation truth. happened. So, uh, I want him to tell his story a little bit. Okay? You know, a, a testimony is more powerful than a doctrine almost. Because it's an experience that you know. It happened to you. Nobody can take it from you. So, Ethan, tell me about your high school life and experience. Oh, boy. Put your hand up if you're in high school. Good. Represent. People are excited. Oh, woo! Thanks. No, but um, my high school life surrounded around sports. Uh, Eighth grade, I was playing travel basketball, traveling the East Coast, playing basketball, same with soccer, both just... Sports, 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 yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you asking about God in my yeah, life? At that how point? was your relationship with God through high school? I didn't have one. Uh, I didn't see it as needed. Uh, God was just this far off thing that I didn't want to mess with, and I didn't think He wanted to mess with me. Yeah. Were you content that way? No. No. I wasn't yeah. content because yeah. I felt like if I went after God, I w- I wasn't vulnerable enough to go after God. Yeah. Because I knew if I looked into myself, there was probably something in there that I didn't like. Yeah. So it felt safer to keep them at a distance? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. So um, what changed that? What changed? Oh, boy. That's a good question. No. Um, actually, you guys want to hear a story about me? Yeah. Let's seem a little more excited. Yeah, Ethan, come on. All right. So I told you I played soccer, and this is kind of how I came to know the Lord. Um. I was playing soccer all last year, all last summer. We went to Messiah. We won the camp, went to an SU camp. We were killing it. I was scrimmaging against college kids. I was talking to the college coach. We got some lights going. Oh, thank you. Disco. <laughs> we, uh, I was talking to some coaches, you know, playing and playing the next level. Uh, two days before the season started after practice, I'm just sitting on the field, and these strange words came out of my mouth that I said, I don't want to play soccer anymore. <laughs> and... My coach came up to me and was like, shut up. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't want to play soccer anymore. My assistant coach said that, and I was like, he's like, okay. Uh, didn't know what I was doing. I was like, okay, I'm going to show up to preseason. It's going to be fine. Show up to practice, get sweaty. And 30 minutes before the jerseys were handed out, I almost unwillingly drove myself to the coaches uh, when he was literally handing out the new jerseys. And I went up to him and I said, I'm not playing soccer this year. And he looked at me and said, good one. And then I said, no, I'm, I'm done. Wow. And I walked out, uh, kind of might have, I might have cried on the way home because I had no clue what I was doing. Wow. And that was on a Monday. Tuesday went by, regular old Tuesday, you know, video games, stuff like that. And Wednesday comes along, my mom says, you're going to youth. I'm like, good one, mom, going to youth. Time out. Did you go to youth often? No. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would go on Sunday's first service, so I didn't have to go to Lyft's wow. second service. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't have a good experience with that. 
And <laughs> so I went to youth, and I encountered God that night. And it was a... What does that mean? I felt, in that one night of youth, I felt something that was more real than what I was looking for throughout my entire high school career. Wow. And I mean that with all legitimacy. That one night, that one encounter, I searched for so many things in high school. (laughs) Um, My sister used to drive me to high school playing worship music, and I would get out of the car as fast as I could and yell at her because she was playing her music too loud. (laughs) And I didn't want people to know that my sister was a Christian because I was chasing popularity. I was chasing being at parties. I was chasing (laughs) girls. I was chasing the wrong things in my life. And... (laughs) I came to youth and I encountered God and I was like, this is the realest thing I think I'll ever find. <laughs> wow. So, um, Ethan, you, you can be honest here. Yeah. Were you popular? Be honest. I don't like, popular is a weird term. I was voted class president four times. I won. Ho- I was what? Homecoming court and I got prom king. I don't think popular is a word <laughs> for that, man. You were like infamous. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so I w- we'll go with well-known. Wow. Wow, and you weren't satisfied by that? No, I... Wow. I, I, yeah, I was not satisfied by popularity. I wasn't satisfied by people saying they liked me, people wanting to hang out, go to parties, do whatever. It yeah. felt real in the moment, but afterwards, every time, there was just nothing. Okay, so what happened after you had this encounter? <sighs> Funny story. Um, I had this encounter, and I, I, I keep going... Next week, mom's like, you don't got to go to youth. I made you go one time. I'm sorry. And my mom, and I go, I think I'll go. My mom is like drinking and she chokes on her water and goes, what? (laughs) I said, I'll go to youth. And I come back and I encounter God. And then the fall retreat happens. Who's at the fall retreat this year? Put your hand up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I encounter God like crazy. I keep feeling just this realness in my life. And the day I get back to school, these two we have a surprise debate on religion. First wow. block, once I walk in. Wow. What's that about? Okay, it's something. Next, with 30 minutes, two girls who have never talked to me come up to me. What did you do this weekend? <laughs> I did this weekend. And I told them, I told them about God, and they were like, that's cool. I walk into lunch, and I can't sit by my normal friends, so I sit with, ready for this, the stoner friends. Whoa. Whoa. Does anybody have stoner friends? Put your hands up, yeah. I do. <laughs> I love them to death. Oh it's my okay. goodness, they are great. But, uh, what's <laughs> but that? I sit down that day after the retreat. Never once have we talked about religion. I put my lunchbox down. I put my lunchbox down, and he goes, What do you think about God? I go, Ollie, just be quiet. And Drew goes, No, we we're just talking about this right now. And I go, you, <laughs> What? Like, guys. And. Yeah, from there, it was just keep going with God. So you had more encounters? I had more encounters, more yeah. learning how to pray, just diving into worship. Yeah. And has your life changed since that first encounter about a year ago to now? Yeah. If you told me I was sitting here a year ago, I probably would have laughed at you and walked away because wow. you're a goon. <laughs> because it's wow. just that's not possible. I planned... Actually, from when I was six years old, I had planned to attend one university named Syracuse University in New York, and there was nothing besides that. Nothing. Ever, ever. And then, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh, should I say basketball? What's that? Basketball. 
Uh, no, it's it's getting late. So, guys, that's sorry. I know every go. one of you have a story, but I was just talking to Ethan today, and he told me some of this stuff. I'm like, man, people have to know that God does things in your life. You don't come here to get extra credit points um, from Him. You know, He actually changed your life. So, guys, let's let's applause for um, for Ethan, not Ethan. He calls me Big Smoothie, and I don't like that. Smoothie. So. Don't call me Big Smoothie. Yeah. This is probably like reverse psychology. So I'm going to say, call me Big Smoothie. What's up, Big and Smoothie? And then you won't do it because I told you. Yeah, I'm still going to okay. mic. Okay. All right. So um, how you guys doing? Yeah? You guys have a good night so far? Yeah. Wasn't worship wacky and fun and silly? Yeah. I liked that. Outside of the box. So... Um, you ever hear anybody say, I hate religion, you know, or you want to you want to talk with somebody and they're like, oh, no, religion and politics. Don't go there. That's a fight waiting to happen. Um, say that again, Ben. Me, too. One time I was on a plane and I uh, I was talking to somebody at, and I mentioned God and they said, I hate religion. I said, amen. Me, too. I despise it. You know, and, you know, I don't think Jesus liked religion. In fact, I think he hated it with a passion. I think what Jesus wanted was relationship. And these are totally different realities, religion and relationship. And here's here's the thing. Do you know the distinction? I bet you everybody who hates God, they equate religion with Jesus. And they don't know what he really is. So I thought I would draw a contrast of what's religion and what's relationship. This is how religion works. Obligation. This is how relationship works. Desire. Religion is performance. Relationship is acceptance. Religion, peace is hard to come by. Relationship, peace is a gift. You don't have to work hard to get it. Religion is motivated by fear and shame. And in relationship, your motivation is satisfaction. Religion will make you think that you're better than other people. You guys ever see that? People who are religious, they condemn people and they tell them they're going to hell. But when you're in relationship with God, it causes you to have mercy on people and causes you to have compassion. Religion tries to operate by control. Relationship operates by invitation. God doesn't force you to do anything. He will even let you sin if you want to. It's an invitation. And here's the biggie. Religion has no communication with God. Relationship is all about communication. In fact, I would say if there's no communication, you don't have a relationship. Yes, Lord. Come on. Thank you, Zach. Communication. 
You know, religion is usually based on rules and philosophy. Have you guys ever experienced that? Relationship requires a person. You know, I can't have a relationship with the pillar. (laughs) It can't do anything back to me. Relationship is a two-way thing. How many of you guys, you have really heard God in your life? Isn't that an awesome feeling? How many of you that you know that, that he heard you? Oh, that feels so good. See, Jesus is a person. And his heart for you is relationship. And I, I just say, you have to know what he's really like. He's not in heaven wagging his finger at you. He's inviting you into something. So, you know, have you guys ever had a friend and they're hard to get along with? Yeah, yeah. And you, you make a mistake and then they're like, oh, and they shut down. And they're like, no, I'm not talking to you. And they hold a grudge and they get offended. God's not like that. To get along with God is easy. It's, it's ridiculously easy to get along with him. So I want, to, I want you to hear, listen to how God forgives. This is so central. When God forgives, he does it instantly. You ever, you know, try to get like forgiveness from somebody and you say, come on, please forgive me. And you have to beg over and over. Oh, come on, please. I'll never do it again. It's not like that with God. When you say, God, forgive me, he's like, done. Absolutely done. There's no delay with connecting with him. When God forgives, he forgives completely. He doesn't forgive 95% of it and be like, well, this little bit I'm going to hang on to. When God forgives you, it is absolute, everything complete. And here's the last thing. When God forgives, he forgives so deeply that he forgets that you ever ever sinned, that you ever hurt him. It is absolutely absolutely wiped away. It says it's cast into the sea of forgetfulness. That's an interesting noise, isn't it? (laughs) It says this, it says in uh, Micah, it says that God delights in showing mercy. He delights in it. Like, you know what makes him happy? Where's somebody I can forgive right now? Where's somebody I want to wipe their slate clean? He delights in showing mercy. Listen, I'm talking about relationship here. I'm talking about your ability to connect with him in a moment right now. Tomorrow when you're at school and you're sitting there and you're bored. Remember, God hates religion. He hates you using laws and rules and performance to connect with him. I just got to say that this forgiveness, it's not cheap. Some people say, I forgive you. It's really just that they're not connected and they don't care. His forgiveness is real because it's based on the cross. 
He's not saying, ah, it doesn't matter what you do. He's saying, no, your iniquity nailed me to the cross. It's a real thing. He actually bought your failure and your sin. He doesn't just say it doesn't matter. He absorbs it into himself. And so I'm saying that his forgiveness is so complete, so instant, and so forever that in a moment, no matter where you are, if you turn to him and say, forgive me, it is final and it's complete. The way he works is by invitation. And he put no stumbling block between him and you. So I got to tell you two supernatural stories. If God wasn't alive, I'd have nothing to tell you. But you guys, I may have told some of these before, but I have to say it again. This is why God forgives. I had uh, a brother, my little brother, and he got out of high school and he got into all sorts of trouble. And he started doing drugs and drinking and um, he had a mustache and a mullet. Two things you don't want to have. Yeah. And he, grew, he drove a four by four that was like lifted this high. And he was angry and offended at the world. And he had a car that didn't have registration, wasn't inspected, and he had no insurance. And he had two warrants out for his arrest. And I needed a ride somewhere. And um, every time he drove, he drove like he was the most angry man in the world. You know, like up everybody's bumper and going over curbs. And so I'm driving with him. And I'm like, oh, man, I I thought I was going to die just getting there. But he he ran a red light like, and he's like, you know, he has like no muffler on the thing. So it makes all this noise. And all of a sudden, whoop, 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 police come. And I'm like, oh, gosh. And uh, we, we get pulled over and the cop comes up and he says, give me your stuff. And takes all Sam has is his license and he starts walking back and I said Sam Samuel that's his name my little brother I said watch this I just had this confidence that God really cares and he wanted to break in that he doesn't want people to get in trouble he doesn't want people to suffer or to ruin their life I said I said Jesus I pray that you would have mercy on Sam right now. And it would be a demonstration of how much you love him and how much you want to do in his life. And I pray he'd get out of this. I say the prayer. About 15 seconds later, the cop has the license. He walks up, throws it in the car and says, get out of here. And Sammy's sitting there and tears start to roll down his face. You know, it says, it says in Ephesians that he is rich in mercy because of the great love that he has for us. Guys, I believe God has forgiveness on the table with your name on it, and he wants you to take it. He doesn't want you to live at a distance from him. I believe that was a miracle. Here's, here's another one. I had a friend who, they also got in trouble with the law. We'll say a stoner friend. And uh, they, had a, they had a problem with heroin. And uh, the, the deal was they wouldn't go to jail, but they had to come every week and take a drug test. And um, they had a relapse the night before. 
and they did drugs. And they were all set. They, they gave up on themselves, and they said, I'm ready to go to jail. And I had to take them to the PO's office because they had a pee in a cup. And if they didn't pass that drug test, they'd go right to jail. They went in crying, and they, they came out, and they said, I'm going to jail. And I said, no, no, my God can do something. He delights in showing mercy. I said, do you want me to pray? And we'll ask God to change your pee. I'm serious. And she said, no, what's the point? I'm not worth anything. My life is going nowhere. And I said, that's not true. And I said, give me your hand. I held my hand out and she wouldn't do it. And finally, she broke down, really started crying. I grabbed her hand and I said, Jesus, I pray that you would change her pee and that you would show her how much you love her and how much of a future you have for her. When they tested it, she passed. It was an absolute miracle. I'm not saying God wants to be lenient, but I'm telling you that his heart is heavy for you to forgive everything that would be in front of you, anything you can think of, because he's a God of relationship and he wants to be close. So how he forgives, and I want to say this, how he loves. The way God loves is so weird. You know, we would call him a stalker. (laughs) Because he fell in love with us before he ever even knew us. You know, when, when God, when God loves somebody. You know, if you, if you start a relationship, you know, I started a relationship with my wife and we were dating and I gave her like 5% of my heart. I'm like, okay, we'll go slow. We'll see what happens here. You know, with God, when he starts with you, he's like, here's 100%. I'm all in. Now, where you go, I go with you. He doesn't increase in love for you as you do better or get better. Do you know this? I think this is, this is the only God you can relate with. You can't relate based on your own performance. You end up hating yourself and hating him. So he's a God who loves you completely with all of his heart. His love, you know, some people are just really nice and they have really, really good manners. And they're like, oh, it's so good to see you. And they have a big smile and you're like, You don't even know me. God's love knows you. It knows exactly who you really, really are. It knows your heart. It knows your motives. It knows your destiny. It understands you. And this is one of my favorite things. God's love is loyal. You know, it's more loyal. Name your most loyal friend. The love of God is more loyal. It's so loyal that it says this, that if you ran from him, he would follow you. He'd follow you forever. If you ran for him for 40 years, he'd be right behind you saying, where are we going? I'm going right with you. I don't care where you go. It doesn't matter what you do. His love is absolutely loyal. Even if you made the worst mistake in the world, it wouldn't keep him from loving you and following you. Look, I'm not making that up. It says, 
the good shepherd, it says that he leaves the 99 to go get the one. That means he's following you with his pile of forgiveness saying, anything I can forgive you for today? Is there any way I can get closer to you today? Now, this might be my favorite part of his love. You know, um, when I started dating my wife, I had to seek her to get her to seek me. With God, we're not the ones seeking him, although we can, but God is the one seeking us. He actually pursues us. That he's actively going after you. Like he went after my friend who was on drugs and, and my little brother, that he's seeking you. And, you know, you can't turn to God because you're good. You, you, the only reason you can turn to God is because he's good. It says this, it says that it's his kindness that draws us to repentance. And repentance isn't just stop doing bad. It's change the way that you think about me. I am not a religion. I, I'm, I don't want to deal with you on how you did today. I want to deal with you based on my love. How many of you guys know God is pursuing you right now? Doesn't it feel good to be the object of his affection and his pursuit? And to feel his presence, to hear his voice. How many of you know that you are fully forgiven right now? That you have a totally clean slate? Listen, I'm, I'm trying to preach you guys into the relationship that God has for you. One that's based on rest and trust and hope. It's not based on what you can do. It's based on what he did. And it's based on his great love for you. You can't do anything but respond to his kindness. It's what brings the repentance. The truth is, is God is better than any of us have ever realized. And I just want to tell you what your power is tonight. You can't please God because he's already pleased with you. But your great power tonight is this, it's choice. You know, it says in uh, Revelations, it says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And he's, He's wanting people. Remember, he's not the God who forces himself or, or, or pressures or shames people into anything. He puts out his hand in invitation and he knocks on the door and says, will you open to me? Will you let me inside? Will you give me permission to be in relationship with you? So just stay in a quiet place, but let's, let's stand up, guys. Just, you guys can close your eyes.
just believe the God of relationship is before you right now. That he's knocking on the door of your heart. That he's real. And he's not inviting you into religion. He's inviting you into a relationship where you get to hear his voice. And you get to know him. And you get to experience him. And you get to feel forgiven all day, every day. I just just want every eye closed, okay? And I want you to meditate on what I've been saying. I want you to to feel the pursuit that God has for you. And I just say tonight that what he's giving you is the power of choice, that you have a door that you can open in your heart. And if you feel like God is knocking on your heart and you want to open that door, I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up. I'm telling you, he is watching. He is watching you. He is looking at your hand. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you would knock even harder. I just ask that your love would be so manifest, God. God, I pray that this moment would not be last. This moment to go deeper with you, God. And I just feel like, guys, there's even doors of your heart to go to a deeper place of trusting him and knowing him, living in full relationship. So I'm just going to ask one more time. If you feel like God is knocking on your heart and you can feel it, put your hand up. That's right. Thank you. you guys keep your hands up. I'm just going to pray for you. Lord, I just pray for the God of relationship, the God of friendship, the God of intimacy, the God that they can hear, the God they can talk to, the God who knows them, the God who forgives them totally and completely would enter into their hearts in a deeper way than anything they could imagine. Lord, I just ask for friendship with you. I ask for salvation and deliverance, God, that you wouldn't just deliver them from trouble, but you deliver them into your great love. God, let this room be filled with people who have relationship with you and who hate religion. Thank you. So guys, I'm going to ask the staff to uh, come to the front. you guys feel like just the Holy Spirit was speaking to you, I'm going to ask you to come up and just ask one of the staff members to pray for you. You know, God wants to increase in you this week. He doesn't want another week of the same old thing. So if you felt the invitation from God, I just ask you to come up. The staff is going to line up and uh, we're going to pray for you, okay? This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.